Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Ontario Premier Doug Ford defends his fight against the carbon tax. We have a great environment plan. We're going to hit the Paris uh, Accord targets at 30%. We're already at 20, 22.5% with 10 years to go. We're leading the country in emission reductions, Mr. Speaker. We have a great plan, but that plan does not include taxing the people Response. of Ontario. Who will be in Justin Trudeau's new cabinet? We will be uh, swearing in cabinet on November 20th, uh, and uh, next decisions will be made uh, in the coming uh, days and weeks. And more Conservatives offer their reviews of Andrew Scheer's performance. We were hearing before the election even that that people weren't entirely happy but i think this is unleashed as it used to do in liberal circles uh defeat tends to stir these things up it's tuesday october 29th i'm mark sutcliffe let's get right to the top political stories this morning i'm joined by susan delacourt the ottawa bureau chief for the toronto star good morning susan Good morning, Mark. So the Ontario legislature resumed yesterday. Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, was, many people feel, kept quiet by the federal Conservatives during the election campaign. There are debates going on right now about whether that was the right strategy or not. But now that Doug Ford is back in business, so to speak, uh, he's talking about things like fighting the federal carbon tax. He's talking about Ontario's role in keeping the country united. So it is interesting because one way or another, Doug Ford is kind of a a figure in federal politics, isn't he? Yeah, what a, you know, I watched him yesterday when he was saying that uh, he was going to be Captain Canada, and I thought, now why was this guy quiet all the way through the campaign? Didn't we need more of that during the election? Um, You know, there's a bunch of speculation about this. First of all, it's not unusual for Ontario premiers to play the role of Captain Canada. We saw that, you know, anybody from David Peterson to back way back Bill Davis, um, perhaps Doug Ford is, uh, you know, in, um, he said that it was because he was talking to premiers and that uh, he's needed. I don't think anybody listened to that and didn't think, now, is this Premier Ford thinking about maybe his next job? Uh, Is he maybe interested in the Conservative leadership? Or is this just his way of saying that... uh, that he's been quiet long enough and look for him to start stirring things up. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because obviously one of the dynamics of this uh, this next phase of Parliament and the Liberal government is going to be its relationship with the provinces, and um, and Doug Ford's going to be a big player in that. Jason Kenney's going to be a player in that. Francois Legault uh, and, uh, and others, right? It, if we'll remember back to Trudeau's previous first term, we can now call it, um, Trudeau actually kept the role of federal-provincial relations for himself in the early days. But when Doug Ford was elected, we'll recall he put Dominic LeBlanc in there to be his federal-provincial relations minister. And uh, rumor has it that Doug Ford and Dominic LeBlanc actually got along quite well and that Dominic LeBlanc was exactly the kind of person that Trudeau needed in there, making jolly with the premiers and um, being kind of the good cop to Trudeau's bad cop. Um, So I think um, we're going to... 
it's four weeks away, but we're already into cabinet speculation. I'll admit that I've done my part for the team. <laughs> I did a I did a column on on some of the the top line. Uh, lines of speculation at the moment and certainly I'm going to be watching to see who Trudeau puts in as federal provincial relations minister because this is a job now it's it's a two-person job uh, or it's an all-cabinet job actually but uh, federal provincial relations is going to be a massive task in this government yeah so since you brought it up Susan uh, let's <laughs> yes. hear the latest speculation on how the cabinet might be shaping up Okay, so I'm going to say I'm I'm going to put the qualifier in that I am doing this based on no inside knowledge at all. As far as I know, Trudeau's government and Trudeau's team is not leaking anything, um, and I, I actually think they've just gone to ground to think things through. So we've got four weeks of this to do it, but some of the things I'm thinking. Um, one, does he keep Bill Moore know at finance? It's tempting. Jim Flaherty stayed a long time. Uh, at finance. Paul Martin stayed a long time at finance. Finance ministers last a long time. However, Canada has not yet had a woman finance minister. And it would be just like this Trudeau government to want something like that to send some kind of symbol. So Christopher Freeland is an obvious choice for that. Um, maybe others in the cabinet too, but um, I wonder whether finance will move. Uh, federal provincial relations we've talked about. Who's going to be public safety minister now that Ralph Goodale is gone? Bill Blair, uh, who's border security minister right now, would be an obvious choice. Catherine McKenna, uh, is she going to stay at environment? I think not. Uh, I, I would think anybody who's been her parliamentary secretary, the current Finnish fisheries minister, Jonathan Wilkinson or Sean Fraser uh, out in Nova Scotia are both well-placed. So those are uh, just some names. I'll, I'll toss those into the air and see where they go. Yeah. And at this point, you have to expect that the government uh, and J- Justin Trudeau and his team have probably not made any decisions yet because it's still four weeks to go until the deadline. And these things don't happen on uh, with lots of uh, weeks in advance, they tend to go right up until the last few days. So, and sure. last seconds. I've yeah. heard stories. I actually heard a story once of a minister who came to Ottawa, was interviewed by Chrétien, given a post, and got to Pearson Airport and uh, was told that uh, the job had changed. So right. uh, they, these things change around. Government House Leader is, again, I'll be really watching to see who they put in that job, because I think, as a lot of people have observed, when you're in a majority, the Government House Leader is more or less kind of just responsible for getting things done. It's administrative. When you're in a minority, it's a negotiation role. So Bardis Chagger from Kitchener is in there right now. I would not be surprised to see them put someone in there with more Quebec knowledge because of the Bloc Québécois. We'll have to, mm. Somebody's going to have to talk to the Bloc yeah. um, as well as the NDP. So one of the Quebec MPs, I would think, would go in there. Good point. Somebody more bilingual, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Andrew Scheer. Uh, The reviews keep coming in. There were quotes from Kim Campbell yesterday from a former conservative MP who lost in 2015 and again this year uh, saying that he'd like to see Peter McKay run. And uh, obviously we're going to be hearing uh, from uh, people who are both Scheer supporters and Scheer detractors in the weeks ahead and uh, until we get to a point where there is a vote on this. This is the the nature of uh, what happens when you lose an election, right? 
Yeah, I'm surprised the force with which it's coming. Our Alex Boudelier has been doing some good work on this, and um, he says every with every story he writes, the more phone calls he gets, conservatives are talking about this. Um, it's uh, There is as much looking back to the election, I'd say maybe even looking more forward. Um, we were hearing before the election even, that, that people weren't entirely happy. But I think this is unleashed, as it used to do in liberal circles. Uh, defeat tends to stir these things up. So, um, yeah, people have been very outspoken. I don't expect them to be less so. And it's going to be really interesting to watch how Andrew Shear tries to manage that caucus. Um, I, I they're, they're due to meet, uh, I think it's next week in Ottawa, the caucus is coming here, and that will be a fascinating story in group dynamics. Yeah, and it's uh, this is his latest challenge, obviously, is to keep his job. He's expressed the intention to stay on, and now he's got to, it appears, he's going to have to fight for that, right? Very definitely, yeah. It, uh, I, I think he came out the very first night, uh, the election night, and said this is like 2004, and compared himself, I don't think ex- accidentally, to Stephen Harper, uh, that, that he regarded, you know, this is an incremental job, a two-election strategy for him. I'm not sure the caucus has that patience, whereas certainly not outside, and... Uh, we are hearing of organizing going on, and that that leadership vote doesn't take place until April, so it could be a, a tumultuous six months for Mr. Shear. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk briefly about uh, a Canadian press report that suggests the Canadians detained in China have met with consular officials there. Um, we're, we haven't been hearing a lot about their status or about what the government is doing to try to get them freed, uh, which is not surprising because often this happens below the surface and, and you don't want to do anything sort of public that might jeopardize it. But uh, what are you hearing about where this is going? I'm not hearing anything directly as Canadian press is, but um, it would not surprise me. I think that that things have to had to cool down a bit, and um, now that the government has been reelected, I think China is probably recognized it's going to have to deal with this government. It's not going away, and um, my understanding is that that the government has wanted as little publicity about this as possible while not letting these these uh, Michaels be forgotten. And um, again, I, I think that we'll be, be watching to see what Christian Freeland is saying. They're, um, the prime minister may be wanting to handle this. He's got four weeks to kind of get things in a row. I, again, this is one of those things that's kind of shrouded in secrecy. Yeah. All right, Susan, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much. Okay, have a good day, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. It's a government uh, that has no clear mandate. It's a government that has no representation from the from Saskatchewan or Alberta. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Observer, Sean McCarthy considers what Justin Trudeau needs to do to woo the West, but says the onus is not on the Prime Minister alone. McCarthy writes, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and Saskatchewan Scott Moe 
need to recognize that 63% of Canadian voters cast ballots for parties that promise tougher action on climate change. Modest, grudging action on emissions is not an option. But Justin Trudeau will have to pursue a multi-pronged approach to address the seemingly contradictory realities, the urgent need to reduce emissions, and the uneven cost that effort imposes across the country. In the conversation, Michelle Seymour asks, how do we explain the return of the Bloc Québécois? Seymour writes, issues related to national recognition and affirmation have resurfaced in the form of an identity crisis, triggered by citizens believing people with immigrant backgrounds were refusing to integrate. The CAC succeeded in passing into law secularism legislation, which was the backdrop from which the Bloc Québécois was able to rise from the ashes. Bill 21 is part of a broader approach demonstrating the need to establish the rules of living together in Quebec. In the National Post, Kelly McParland argues... The Tories need a new leader. McParland writes, Andrew Scheer says his party will delve deeply into what went wrong and look for improvements. It's just hard to see how they could take place under his leadership. Scheer isn't as emotive as Trudeau in bearing his soul to the public, but his views are there, on the record, and not the sort that are easily changed. His identity is so baked in that any effort to shift position on key issues would most likely come off as unprincipled and opportunistic. In the Toronto Star, Preston Lim argues Justin Trudeau needs a coherent China strategy. Lim writes, The federal election focused little on Canadian policy toward China, despite the fact that Canada-China relations have deteriorated to their worst point in recent memory. Now that Justin Trudeau has won a second term, however, he and his cabinet must change the way in which Ottawa forges its China strategy. Trudeau must articulate a coherent approach and build the political institutions necessary to support that approach. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, October 29th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.